Brother, let us pray. Father, thank you for life. Thank you for good health. Every day you give your people life and good health. It's an opportunity to make amendment of life and to find you. Today, as we continue in this service and in the ministry of your word, we invite your Holy Spirit to take charge and take control. That at the end of this ministry of your word, your church will be blessed. In the name of Jesus, amen. I want to bring you greetings from my chapel, Chapel of Pentecost, Federal Neuropsychiatric Hospital. We are, by the grace of God, have been serving for several years. Today, the topic says, learning from Jesus Christ. And I'm aware your theme for this year has been, you are the light of the world. I hope I'm correct. From Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. I thank God for our sister who read the only lesson for today. Because that's where we are going to take our meditation for this topic. Learning from Jesus. But we are all aware of what today is in the church calendar. We know today is Palm Sunday. Already I saw people with palm fronts. Yes, my brother has raised his own. Hallelujah. And even when we are about to start this service, the vicar ordered one of the chaplains to go and put a branch of the palm tree at the altar. You can see it at the altar there. And while we are there debating whether he was putting it at the right place, I began to wonder within me why did the vicar order him to place that? I know, I know your vicar is not somebody given to rituals. Yes, I know him. So when I was busy debating in my mind, there is something God ministered to me. I'm going to share with it with you. And I knew that this has a spiritual significance. What he just did. But we know that this issue started by the prophecy of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. That Old Testament prophet prophesied. He said, rejoice greatly. If you read King James Version, King James Version says, O daughter of Zion, O daughter of Jerusalem. But living Bible, which incidentally, that's what I'm going to use today. Please pardon me, I want to use the living Bible. 
I know majority like using King James. But I want to use Living Bible today. But Living Bible said, Rejoice greatly, O my people. Why should I rejoice? He said, Shout for joy. He said, For lo, your king is coming. The righteous one, the victor. And then that's why I want to use the living Bible. He said, Yet. After saying those things, he said, Yet, he is lowly. He comes on a donkey's cult. And so, Matthew, when he was recording what Jesus did before he entered Jerusalem, Matthew 21, and if you read from verse 1, he talked about how Jesus was heading towards Jerusalem with the disciples. He now told them, when they arrived at Bethphage on Mount Olive, he now told them, please go to a village ahead. You are going to see two animals. An ass. And then they call. That's a young of the ass. Or a donkey. And the young. You will see them. Now, when the owner asks you, ah, ah, what, are you what are you trying to do to remove this? Tell them, the Lord has need of them. Say, untie them and lose them and bring them to me. And so they were brought to Jesus. Verses 4 and 5. You see, he was made to sit on the colt. That's the young of that ass. He spread the clothes on it and made him to sit there. Meanwhile, he was heading towards Jerusalem. And what did they do? They said there was a crowd ahead and a crowd behind. And they spread their clothes on the floor for him to march on. In, a, in, a, in modern day parlance, it means giving somebody a red carpet reception. And he was going to Jerusalem. But there was something that Matthew recorded. He said, they also cut leaves and threw it on the ground. Mark Equally reported that, but Luke was silent. Luke didn't mention about three. He only talked about cloth. But how did he arrive at today being Pan Sunday? Pam! It was John that the Holy Spirit used to beam on the type of three that these people caught. So in John chapter 12, verse 13, they said they took palm leaves, branches of palm. So that was how we now knew that it was palm leaves. So when Reverend Dr. Keke was told to put those palm branch at the altar, and I was saying, ah, I hope this is not a ritual. And the Lord reminded me of Revelation chapter, nine, chapter 7 verse 9. I've read it before, but he reminded me again. He said, do you know that in that day that Jesus was going to Jerusalem, there was a multitude. Multitude that went before him and behind him and they were shouting Hosanna, praising his name. He told me, do you know there will be another multitude in heaven? This one is the church triumphant. The victorious Christians. 
And they are still going to use these palm trees. In Revelation 7, 9. When I was reminded of that scripture, I now kept quiet. I now saw the meaning of this. As you are sitting there, my brother raised a palm leaf there. As you are sitting there watching those palm fronts at the altar, I hope you are asking yourself a question. Will I be part of that heavenly church, the church triumphant, that will one day hold those branches in heaven? Do you know what they are singing in verse 10? Salvation to the Lord who seated on the throne and to the Lamb forevermore. They were rejoicing around the Lamb, the throne of the Lamb for their salvation. Brother, this is very serious, so so that was when my mind came down and I knew that the branch of tree that will be found in heaven is this, that is there at the altar. And we need to start asking ourselves that question. But today, they say we are learning from Jesus. And that's the topic for today. I want us to go back to this topic. We took it from Philippians chapter 2, from verse 5 to 11. I want us to approach this meditation from three angles. Number one, how or what are the steps we should take in order to learn from Jesus? I just want you to be remembering the topic. Learning from Jesus Christ. Learning from Jesus Christ. And I want to approach it from three simple angles. One, what are the steps we can take in order to learn from Jesus? The second angle, what are the virtues on a day like this? Palm Sunday. What are the virtues that the Lord desires us as a church to learn? And lastly, the third angle. What is the spiritual benefit of clothing ourselves with those virtues? Three simple questions. I want to read again where our sister read as the only lesson. But I want to read it from Living Bible. Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5. Kim James said, your mind, your mind. But living Bible says, your attitude should be the kind that was shown by Jesus Christ. Who, though he was God, did not demand and cling to his rights as God. You see why I want to choose this. No, King John talk about robbery. 
let some people start talking about armed robbery and all that. <laughs> so, you see, demand or cling to his rights as God. But laid aside his mighty power and glory. Laid aside his mighty power and glory. And what did he do again? Taking the guise of a slave and becoming like men. I hope you knew what happened before. And that day he instituted a Lord's Supper. I hope you remember what happened in that place. How he removed his robe, used a towel and tied, and wanted to wash the disciples' feet. And when he came to Peter, Peter said, no way. Because Peter understood that this is the work of a slave. How can his master be doing the work of a slave? And that's the revelation Paul got. And he wrote this to the Philippian Christians. Jesus was dramatizing what Paul he was writing today. That we should learn as a basis for us to learn from him. And he says, when he, he now becoming like man, he now humbled himself even further. That's why I love this version. He said that even the death on the cross is humbling himself further. Going to the, as far as actually to die the criminal's death on a cross. He said, yet it was because of this that God raised him up to the heights of heaven. And gave him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a, what a scripture. This scripture is very popular. Now let's go to that first question. We say we are going to answer. Which is, what are the steps we can take in order to learn from Jesus? When I was preparing this statement, see this uh, message, and I came to this part of my preparation, I felt that the Lord dropped something in my mind on the steps. There was a scripture that I was reminded about. And that scripture is found in Luke chapter 10. A very popular scripture. Luke chapter 10 from verse 38 down to 42. We remember that story very well. How Jesus, as they went towards Jerusalem. But the living Bible said Jesus and his disciples. King James said as they went. And that paraphrase, uh, Jesus and his disciples, it meant a lot to me. And I began to see that when Jesus went into the house of Martha, and his disciples must have gone with him, there was a lesson he wanted to teach, not just to the multitude, but to the disciples who went with him into the house of Martha. And what happened there? We all know the story. We knew how Martha met him and was busy. It's good. 
to be hospitable, preparing possibly food for the master. But there was a contrast. He said they had a sister called Mary. King James said he sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But I'm going to read other translations because I want to use this Mary, what he did, as an illustration of the steps we can take in order to learn from Jesus. And so as I was pondering over the scripture, what was dropped in my heart is that we need to be busy with Jesus rather than being busy for Jesus. I hope you know there is a difference between the two. Busy for Jesus and not busy with Jesus. I say, what's the meaning of this? The Lord reminded me <laughs> of my encounter with my daughter. <laughs> when my daughter was four years, I remember I would go to the clinic and I would come back very tired. And I would start, stay on the sofa very tired. And the next thing is I would, I would see somebody will be tapping on my leg. And I will open my eyes. You open the children's Bible. You know, there's this children's Bible, they have pictures. So you open it and give to me. Daddy, Zacchaeus, Bonyem, Pompo. I now remembered that I used to sing this song to, him, to her Zacchaeus, Bonyem, Pompo, Onyem, Pompo, Kobo. You know, children love fun, play when they are learning. So the school teachers will be a witness. When you want to teach them, you teach them with fun, playing, singing. So Every day. So I say, ah. Then the next day, the same thing will happen. So the Lord was reminding me, this is what it means to be busy with Jesus. And that was exactly what Mary did. Let's look at, you are going to see, let's look at the other translations of that scripture. I, I checked about four translations of that thing Mary did. I want to bring out something to you for you to now note the steps you can take. Now, look at Living Bible. Living Bible says, Mary sat on the floor, listening to Jesus as he talked. Now, look at Message Bible. Message Bible says, sat before the Master, hanging on every word he said. And I asked myself, what's the English meaning of hanging on every word? And I discovered it means listening closely. Listening closely. You know, some people here now, as I'm talking, some people are sleeping. Oh yes, some people are sleeping now as I'm talking. Some people are hearing my voice, but their minds are somewhere. 
So if you want to learn from Jesus, you need to be a listener. Listening. So that was one thing I saw. Then if you look at contemporary English version, he said, Mary sat down in front of the Lord and was listening to what he said. And look at Amplified. Seated herself at the Lord's feet and was listening to his teaching. Hallelujah. So, I, I, I saw, let me bring out the steps you can now take. And you're going to see something deep in what Mary did. Mary adopted the posture of a disciple. No wonder the living Bible recorded that Jesus and the disciples went to that house. So, when Jesus was now saying that Mary has chosen the better part, I'm sure the disciples heard him. And he was teaching something to them. And so, what are the steps? One, just like that my daughter was disturbing me. Tapping my feet each time I come back tired. You must show willingness. Willingness. If you want to learn from Jesus, you must be willing. Many of us in this generation, I'm sorry to say that, we are more prepared to learn from our general overseers and pastors. It's sad. Very sad. That's what's happening in the church. Instead of being Christocentric, Christianity is turning to personality cults. Very sad. I'm so sorry to say that. But that is what is happening. Many men of God, I don't know whether without their knowing it, are drawing attention to themselves. But I hope and I pray and believe that believers who are here, including myself standing here, will realize that Jesus is the focus. And that I must deliberately determine to learn from him. I've told this story several times, and I want to repeat that. It's just made, I'll just remember it. An evangelist in the United Kingdom, an Anglican priest, a revivalist, the Lord made him to know. Can you imagine that a revivalist that goes on different preaching engagements? His name is David Watson. The Lord made him to know when he wrote his last book, Fear No Evil. That time he had a terminal illness. And he was seeking the face of the Lord for healing. But the Lord told him something that is a life lesson. And which I learned. And which I have remembered now and I want to share with you brethren. That there is a difference between busy for Jesus and busy with Jesus. The Lord told him, David, my son. That's what he said though. He reported that's what the Lord ministered to him. In the midst and the period of his illness. That your preaching appointment is not important to me. 
Can you hear that? When compared with your relationship with me. Can you hear that? That Jesus is more interested in your relationship with him. That was why he said, Mary has chosen the better part. And nobody is going to take it away from her. And as he was saying it, the disciples were hearing what the master was saying. And I want us today who are here to hear it. I want us, all of us who are here to determine. Every day we hear stories. Of these days I'm getting worried. I'm getting afraid myself. Brethren, all of a sudden, they say they are no more. One brother said, this may be a mini rapture taking place. But I think it's a life lesson for those of us who are alive and living. Those of you who came to church today, you need to be sure of that relationship with Jesus. Like Mary chose. said, I would rather sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him speak. So willingness, that's number one. Number two, you are not in a hurry. What did I say? You are not in a hurry. <laughs> and that is why I love brethren who take time for retreats. You know some brethren make it as a habit. They say, ah, they are going for retreats. It may not be a retreat of a group. Some of them take personal retreats. That, that is one of the ways to learn from Jesus. You are not in a hurry. Somebody sitting on the ground is not in a hurry. He wasn't standing. But Martha, in the contrast, was standing. Busy. Preparing meal for the master. And the Bible says he was the jittery type. Number three. I said it. You must listen. And in listening, you will ask me this idea of listening. Whose voice am I going to hear? You know, it's a big problem for, for some people today listening to God. Let me tell you, brethren, in my own little way, I discovered that the best and most reliable way to listen to the Lord is to have this scripture. Be, let it be your companion. And there is a lost art. Meditate over it. Read it. Meditate over it. You will hear the master. Meditation of the scripture is a lost art. Very important. Very reliable. Remains reliable for all ages. Blessed is that fellowship that makes the scripture a central point and focus. When you see the members over the years, they remain stable. I'm telling you, there are so many groups around now, but blessed is that group that makes scripture a central focus. Over the years, you see the members, they are stable in the faith.
Finally, steps. Like Mary, who sat and listened, and like a pupil, put into practice what you have learned. And the Lord will reveal to you more. What is the second question? I said the second question is on a day like this what are those virtues that we should learn from Jesus? Already some of you say it's very clear now. What else? Is it not stated there? Where we read in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 to 11. Oh yes. It is stated there. And what did you see there? Guinea forever. What did you see as a lesson? Can somebody tell me? Humility. Yes. Let's be brave. brave to, that's what we heard. That's what we saw. Have you bothered to ask yourself this question? Why on a day like this, Palm Sunday, why was the master interested in teaching us humility? There are so many virtues. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit, I hope you know you find semblance of humility as part of the fruit of the Spirit. I hope you know. Is there. You use the word meekness. King James Version. And I, and I came to realize I don't know whether you have read a scripture in Old Testament. And that scripture is found in Numbers chapter 12. If you start from verse 1 The Bible talked about how Miriam and Aaron they confronted their brother Moses. And what was the confrontation all about? That he married an Ethiopian woman or Cushite woman. And as that story was going on verse 2 they raised the question, eh, eh, is it only you, Moses, that the Lord talks to? Or that the Lord uses? I'm only paraphrasing it. Doesn't the Lord use us too? Now, when they said that, something striking. Verse 3. It's as if they write out the scripture. Wanted to remind us. And then King James said, Moses was the meekest person upon the surface of the earth. Living Bible says, he is the humblest person on earth. And then, the following verses, we saw the Lord summoning them. Come here, come here. All of you, three of you, come. And they came. Now the Lord says something. And I want you to note it, because the last 
question we are going to discuss. What is the spiritual benefit? If you have a spiritual eye, you are going to see it answered in that scripture. The Lord now told them, I talked to prophets in dreams and vision. But for this Moses, I speak to him what? Face to face. He said, the Lord's anger born and he just left them. I want to stop at that scripture. Take note. Just take note of what the Lord told them because of Moses. Because of that verse 3. That he was the humblest person on the face of the earth. You see, I say, our Lord, why humility? You know, you know eh, let me tell you. Brethren, I discovered something. If you want to know a true Christian, that's my own assessment, I may be wrong. Give him a position of authority and power. If he remains humble in that position and power, ah, man, a Christian, hallelujah. Haven't you seen believers when they ascend, they get power? You see them change. They put on pride. You know, you know I, I now begin to understand why the Lord himself was interested in teaching us his humility. Do you remember what happened, the, the, what happened in heaven? The first scene in heaven. Do you remember? Uh, you, you, you remembered it? Remember Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12 down to 15. It talks about Lucifer. Do you know what, why he was cast down? When he now said, I will do what? Ascend and sit on the throne of God. I. I will go above God. So that is why the Bible always says that God opposes the proud. See, you see, when somebody is proud or has pride, it reminds God of that first rebellion in heaven. And so, but God gives grace to the humble. So the Lord Himself decided that on a day like this, when He was embarked on the last journey. To Jerusalem for the crucifixion, he decided to teach you and I that very important virtue of humility. You may ask me, didn't I say virtues? What is the other virtue? When you look at where we read, you may hardly see it. But I want to show you a scripture. That we all know. And it's a very popular scripture. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Yes. Read from verse 1. You will see the Lord or the writer of that scripture moved by the Spirit of God. He says... Think of the cloud of witnesses that are watching you, watching me. Think of that church triumphant that we read about in Revelations 7 verse 9. Who are holding the palm trees in heaven, singing to the Lamb. 
think about them. They are watching you and I, who are still the church militant. We are fighting for our dear lives to see whether we can make it to the end. Still make it victorious believers. Say, think. Then it comes to verse 3. I want to show you what is written in that verse 3. I want to read it from the Living Bible again. If you want to keep from becoming faint-hearted and weary, what do we say there? If you want to do what? Keep from becoming faint-hearted and what? Weary. If you have reached that stage, think about his patience. That's a virtue. As sinful men did such terrible things to him. Now, I want somebody to read King James Version for me. There's something I want to bring out. That's chapter 12. On one King James. Yes, from verse 1. Verse 2. Listen very well. Looking unto Jesus. Yes. The author and finisher of our faith. Yes. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Endured, mark that word. Endured the cross. The cross. Despising the shame. Despising the shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Thank you very much. Thank you. Endured the cross. When I, when I read that scripture in King James, the Lord reminded me of my youth service. You know, God uses object lessons in life to teach us, to make it clearer, the scripture clearer to us. I don't know whether it still happens now, but I remember in my youth service here in Portacourt, when we were in camp, there was what they call endurance trek. I don't know whether they still do it now in this generation. I asked one of my godsons who just finished camp, I asked him, did you people do endurance test? He said, no, they didn't do. I said, ah, no wonder. The young people of this generation are always in a hurry. Hurry to leave Nigeria. To go to greener pastures. Leaving us the elderly ones behind. They are not ready to endure. That endurance track taught me something. Do you know what? They will purposely choose routes. In Portacot, for example, they chose a hilly area for us to pass through. They chose a river for us to cross. In that path, they have chosen. So, we will be trekking with nothing. And that trek, ordinarily, will last for about, say, one hour. But you will encounter different obstacles. Like that hill I told you, that river I told you, do you know some people we are dropping by the way? Say, after all, when you have a man in a camp, nothing will happen to us. We are not going. But some people persisted and continued. 
I personally, I persisted. But it was not easy. So the Lord was teaching me, that is exactly how the Christian race is. The Bible says it's a race. And one of the lessons the Lord wants to teach us today, apart from this humility, is patience. Do you know what? Do you know that time he chose the court? Instead of the horse. Do you know what he would have chosen? He would have chosen the horse. Because he was a king. That was what the king of those days are known. Horses and chariots. I know horses and chariots, they move very fast. Womp, 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 entering Jerusalem. But this one will be moving slowly. Can you see the master? Sitting, not only, just the young one, no? The thing will be moving slowly. 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 As they were going to Jerusalem. So even at that time, the master was beginning to teach. Not only humility, that he just used the donkey's cult instead of a horse. He was equally teaching us patience. And that was what Paul, who wrote, well, he said Paul wrote Hebrews. He now said, who? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And so my scripture, living Bible, where I want to use, says that if you want to keep from becoming faint-hearted and weary in your Christian race, then what should you do? You should think about what? His patience. Ndidi. It's a deep meaning. Just like the Englishman says, the patient dog is the fattest born. Christianity today, on a day like this, the Lord is teaching you and I humility and patience. And if you look at the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 23 you are going to see long-suffering from King James. Render the long-suffering. And I think it's patience he's talking about. Hallelujah. Final question. What is the ultimate spiritual benefit of putting on these virtues? Do you remember that place I read in Numbers chapter 12? I told you about the encounter of the Lord with Moses, Miriam, and uh, who? Aaron. Do you remember what I said the Lord told them? He told them, he said, look, I speak to my prophets in visions and in what? Dreams. But for this man, I thought to him, that, that you see, I'm, I'm seeing something here. It means that the Lord has placed Moses to a high spiritual pedestal, a height. Why? The reason is in verse 3. Now, Moses was the humblest man on the surface of the earth. So there is a spiritual elevation that takes place when somebody becomes humble. And is it not in the Bible? Jesus said it. Do you remember Jesus said it? Can somebody read Matthew 23 verse 12 for me? Yes, can somebody read it for me? Any version. Matthew 23, 12. Jesus said it there. It's a lesson. 
Yes, anybody? Yes, our brother, Reverend Churchill, wants to read it for us. Please, wait for him to, yes. Uh-huh. Thank you. And whosoever shall exalt himself yes. shall be abased. Yes. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Shall be exalted. Thank you very much. So Jesus is giving us a spiritual principle of what is going to happen. Now, I want you to see that even Peter saw it. The Peter that challenged him on that day when he was to wash their feet, he said, no, don't wash. Far be it from you. He said, if I don't wash, you won't be part of me. He said, no, okay, wash my whole body. This same Peter, the thing remained indelible in his mind. And in the letter he wrote, in First Peter, chapter 5. Can somebody read it for us? Yes. Chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. Somebody. I just want us, we are going to end now. But I want you to read this scripture and begin to see yourself. The spiritual benefit of putting these virtues that Jesus is teaching us today into practice. Learning from him these virtues of humility and patience. We do them God is going to do something in your life. Peter saw it and he wrote. First Peter 5, verse 5 and 6. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Somebody is reading it for us there. Yes. Thank you, my brother. Young men. Young men. Young men who are here. In the same way, be submissive to those who are older. Yes. All of you, close yourself with humility towards one another. Clothe yourself with what? Humility. It's as if he was dressing only young people here, but I don't think so. It's not only young people. They're young Christians. Because? Yeah? Even young Christians. People are so young in the faith. Yes? Because God opposes the proud. Again, reminding us again, that principle. Yes? But give grace to the humble. Give grace to the humble. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Finally, I want to finally close with a revelation from Brother Paul. Do you know his former name before? Saul. And I began to study what's the meaning of Saul? And what is the meaning of Paul? And I want to paraphrase it. Saul, as he was formerly called, I want to paraphrase the meaning of that name. And then we would then that's my paraphrase but do you know the meaning of Paul Paul means little so after encountering the Lord he changed not only his name but his disposition but do you know what? There is something God did in his life. And that is what I want you to note. If you clothe yourself with this virtue we are learning today, humility and patience, there is an elevation God will give you in your life. A spiritual elevation. And the funny thing is that when you are elevated to that level, you yourself, you will be denying it that you are even in that level. You will be saying, I'm here to reach that level. That's humility in action again. Let's read Second Corinthians 
chapter 12. I'm going to end very soon. Just give me time to read this scripture. I'm reading it from Living Bible. Are you there? Now, look at verse 1. This boasting is also foolish. But let me go on. Let me tell about the visions I have had and revelations from the Lord. One of the problems we have today is the mindset. Not only unbelievers have it, but some believers. What is that mindset? Do you know who I am? That Imakwonyembo mindset is when you remember your qualification, you remember the level you have reached in life, you remember your exploits, you remember your wealth. So when you are talking to somebody, say, Imakwagene. But do you know who you are? The Bible says you are dust and ashes. So, Brother Paul, by right, should be able to say that. But he's now saying the opposite. That's what we are reading here now. Let's read on from verse 2. Fourteen years ago, I was taken up to heaven for a visit. Can you see the spiritual elevation? Hey, now my spiritual elevation came down again. I thought heaven. Now, Gazi, too, I'm wake. You see, my Bible, I shouldn't be carrying Bible myself. You might go now, but I can't introduce some. Can you see now, Gazi, and people? I've got somebody put on Bible. I can't be carrying my Bible. Do you know my elevation? Paul was saying this. But also, you know when he started, he said, not what, what they call boasting, it's like boasting. But let me go on. how he ended it. I'm going to stop somewhere very soon in one of the verses. God have mercy on us. Don't ask me whether my body was there or just my spirit. For I don't know. Only God can answer that. But anyway, I was in paradise and heard things so outstanding that are beyond a man's power to describe and put in words. And anyway, I'm not allowed to tell them to others. That experience is something worth bragging about. As many of us will do. But I'm not going to do it. That's humility. I'm going to boast only about how weak. Can you see? It's defining humility again. 
Humility doesn't say, do you know who I am? He rather say, I am weak. I am nothing. That's what humility mindset says. You are better than me. I am weak. I am nothing. He says, I'm going to boast only how weak I am and how great God is to use such weakness for his glory. I have plenty to boast about and will be no fool in doing it. But I don't want anyone to think more highly of me. But now, he should from what he can actually see in my life and my message. I will say this because these experiences I had we are so tremendous. God was afraid I might be puffed up by them. That's pride. God hates the proud. So, I was given a physical condition which has been a thorn in my flesh. A messenger from Satan to hurt and bother me and prick my pride. Three times I begged God to make me well again. He didn't know if God makes him well. Perhaps he may go back to pride, which God hates. Each time he said, no, but I'm with you. That is all you need. My power shows up best in weak people. Now Paul concluded, I'm going to stop there. Now, I am glad to boast about how weak I am. And I'm glad to be a living demonstration of Christ's power. Instead of showing off my own power and abilities. Praise the Lord. On a day like this, Palm Sunday, 2022. I don't know why this chapel chose this theme, taken from the church calendar, learning from Jesus. As for me, I want to be like Mary, like a disciple sitting at the feet of Jesus to learn from him. I want to be, I want to be like Moses. The testimony said of him that he was the humblest man on the surface of the earth. I want to be like Paul. No matter my qualification, I'll come to the point of saying that I am nothing. I can't boast with my qualification. I would rather boast that I know the Lord. Brethren, if you do this, God is faithful and true to his word. He's going to elevate you to a higher spiritual pedestal. Let us pray. John Newton said, There will be three surprises in heaven. The first surprise, those who you think will be there, may not be there. 
The second surprise. Those who you think may not be there. Will be there. The last surprise. You yourself. May not be there. Today is Palm Sunday. And we have read from the word of God. Revelation 7-9. That the church triumphant. They are raising palms in heaven. High beside the throne of the Lamb. Will you. Who. Is raising the palm today. Are you sure. You will be there. In heaven. Raising the palm. Before the throne of the lamb. Today can be a day of decision. You need to come to the master first. Rest to the ma- rest with the master first. Learn from the master first before you can serve him. The voice of the master is calling. Stay calling today. Come to me. Will you respond to that call to come? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. That's what the master is saying. Don't do like matter. You jump the three steps and be serving. First of all, come to him, rest with him, and learn from him. If you want to do that today, it's a serious matter of the kingdom. A call will go forth, and it is going forth now. And while I retire to my seat, it will still go forth to you that has heard his word today. Will you want to be part of that heavenly company that are raising the palms. I want my brother, Reverend Canon Dr. Honor, to pray and complete this. Precious Father, we thank you because you have taught us he that would be First among you, let him be as the servant. Lord, you have taught us that when we humble ourselves, at the right time you will lift us up. And so, Father, we give up all striving. Lord, we give up all competition and comparing of ourselves with ourselves. Lord, we hide our heads in shame, and ask that you will wash us and cleanse us. Father, we set our eyes on you. We put you, O Lord, before us. 
And Lord, we compare ourselves with the patterned Son, Jesus, and receive from you the strength, the transformation, always to walk with Him, to be busy with Him, so that at His pleasing, we will be busy for Him. May we never misplace our priorities, merciful Father, but may we always walk in humility. May we always walk in the faith. May we always walk with patience. Do this, Father, to your glory, that we will shine ever brighter. In Jesus' name we pray. Right on, right on, in my-